Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, I would like to present to you the world champion of the world podcast. It's your man qualified, a.k.a. the Black Ric Flair, a.k.a. the Black American Dream, a.k.a. the most over mid-card talent on the west side of Oahu. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm back from vacation. What's up? All right, we took a week off. Um, and, uh, Super Showdown happened, uh, Austin Aries said some not-so-cool things on Twitter, and, uh, a bunch of other things happened, uh, we're gonna talk about most of it, uh, on this week's show, uh, so first off, I'm gonna get off, I'm gonna get into the, uh, well, this week, uh, in professional wrestling television, Unfortunately, I did not uh, get a chance to watch Ring of Honor, and uh, at the time I'm recording this, Bound for Glory is still going on, so I'm going to wait until next week's uh, episode to give you guys uh, some thoughts on Bound for Glory and the fallout uh, from Impact Wrestling. But uh, let's go ahead and jump into today's show. Uh, So starting off, I'm going to start with... Uh, SmackDown, because SmackDown is the show I watched first. I actually got back home on Monday, so I ended up watching Monday Night Raw later. Uh, but we're still covering, I don't know if you heard that, I'm opening up a can of Steve Weiser uh, to help me through the podcast tonight. Um, okay, SmackDown. Show opens, they advertise Jeff Hardy, so he's back, uh, versus Samoa Joe for a World Cup qualifier. That's the uh, World Cup tournament that may or may not be happening at the uh, at the Crown Jewel show uh, coming up for coming up for WWE. Um, let's see, Randy Orton versus Big Show is also going to be another qualifier. Um, if this World Cup tournament does go down, it's going to be a pretty interesting tournament. Uh, so far, the four. Uh, wrestlers who have qualified are John Cena, Kurt Angle, uh, Jeff Hardy, and Randy Orton. So uh, a bunch of the old school names here. We're old school for this for this uh, time period. Um, let's see here. Charlotte and Becky are already in the ring. So this is their rematch from Super Showdown. If you remember at Super Showdown. Uh, Becky Lynch actually hit Charlotte with the women's title, the SmackDown women's title, so it ended in a DQ, so uh, they decided to have this match. Uh, If Becky gets DQ'd in this match, she loses the belt. A huge Becky chance coming from the crowd. Um, To start off the match, there's actually some chance for Charlotte, too. Uh, that's cool. Uh, if you guys don't know, I've, I am and have been Team Charlotte throughout this feud. Still love Becky Lynch. Uh, but I don't know, man. Becky Lynch is coming off uh, kind of as the heel to me. I, I am looking at Charlotte's logic, and I'm like, yeah, man, I'm riding with you. I know I am in the minority uh, with most of the fans on the Internet. They feel that... Uh, you know, Charlotte was stealing Becky's chances, but like I said from the jump, uh, Charlotte didn't ask to be booked 
in that match uh, where she would have gotten a shot at Carmella. Um, the whole reason that match happened is because she was helping Becky Lynch. She had Becky's back. And uh, yeah, she had Becky's back. And then Paige was like, you know what? Let's throw Charlotte in this match. And then Charlotte won. What was she supposed to do? Not win the match? So, um, and then, and then I can see people's point, like, oh, Charlotte attacked from behind and hit natural selection. But also, it's a triple threat match. You do what you do, do what you gotta do to win the title. She wouldn't, she would have expected Becky Lynch to possibly do the same. So, that's, uh, that's Becky's fault for, for thinking that, um, Charlotte wasn't gonna do what she needed to do but since then Becky has made it personal and came out and attacked Charlotte so that's why I'm on Charlotte's side um Charlotte nothing nothing she didn't make it personal for Becky she was just doing what she needed to do it's all in the it's all in the line of duty anyway um chance for chance for Charlotte uh Becky Lynch uh hits a does a crazy bridge and a hammerlock, or just really good action, uh, as you would expect from these two. Um, the finish ends up being a double countout. Um, they continue fighting on the outside uh, after the match, um, fighting up the ramp, which leads to Charlotte spearing Becky through the LED board at the top of the stage. Uh, agents come out, looks like Charlotte. Uh, cut her arm, hand, some pretty bad cuts, some bleeding, um, but great match, uh, this feud is top-notch so far, um, it's gonna, it's gonna continue at Evolution, although, um, Ronda and Nikki is most likely the main event, which we'll get to that later, I think Charlotte and Becky deserves that main event spot, so hopefully they can get the main event spot, and then we still get a big spotlight for the Raw, uh, championship match, but we'll see. With it being Nikki Bella and uh, Ronda Rousey, two of their biggest mainstream stars, I'm thinking that they're probably going to get the last match. Uh, let's see here. Back from break, they do a recap showing us uh, Charlotte Spear through the LED board again. Uh, then we get uh, Jeff Hardy's entrance. Uh, pre-recorded Hardy promo airs. It's showing highlights of basically a singles career. Uh, Hardy says his eyes are open. Uh, Samoa Joe comes out next. There's a Samoa Joe video package as well. Um, let's see here. The match ends. Uh, the finish comes on the match. Uh, Joe loses by uh, referee stoppage too much damage to uh, Joe's leg. He is also hurting from the Super Showdown uh, matchup. Uh, kind of a waste of a big match between Samoa Joe and Jeff Hardy. Uh, that that could have been built up to, to something that, that was bigger than that. Two, uh, two big names there. Um, and they just they just kind of threw it away uh, as a throwaway, even even as a qualifying match for this uh, World Cup tournament. Um, they kind of could have did a little bit more to hype that up, maybe have it 
uh, be on the last round of qualifying matches or something like that, but we'll see. Uh, so that way they could have been like a week to hype it. Uh, but, but, uh, but we'll see if that even happens as we'll get to that later. Um, let's see here. Back from break, uh, Paige says that there's going to be a rematch at Evolution between Charlotte and Becky in the first ever last woman standing match. I guess the first ever on the main roster because I think uh, Nikki Cross and Asuka had a last woman standing match. Um, that's good. This feud deserves one of those first ever uh, big deal matches and it's two of the uh, four horse women with Becky Lynch probably being the most overlooked of the of the four. All the first time ever's uh, went to Sasha and Charlotte, or um, and then of course the Iron Woman match the first ever was Sasha and Bailey in NXT. Um, let's see here. Then we have uh, the Miz is in the ring for Miz TV. He says Paige told him to stay professional with his guests. Uh, he introduces AJ Styles first. Uh, Miz asks AJ, how's the family? He says that AJ's rage uh, helped him beat Samoa Joe. Uh, Miz intros Daniel Bryan as uh, an opponent who won't get in AJ's head like Samoa Joe. And he's uh, more likely to tend to AJ's garden. I'm just going to throw a pause in there. Uh, Miz is upset at the respectful handshake between Daniel Bryan and AJ. Uh, Daniel Bryan asks Miz if he wants to talk about their match at Super Showdown, uh, which, if you didn't see it, ended rather quickly on a Daniel Bryan roll-up. Uh, small package. Pause. Uh, he teases Miz about how quickly uh, the Miz was defeated. AJ also laughs along. Uh, the crowd chants for Daniel Bryan. Uh, Daniel Bryan says he's excited to have a worthy opponent. He hypes AJ holding the title over 300 days, says that AJ has earned the right to call himself better than everyone, but Daniel Bryan knows that he can also beat AJ Styles. Uh, AJ says that Brian hasn't faced anyone phenomenal since he's been back. Uh, Brian says that they're having fun clowning the two-minute man, who's The Miz, but uh, he's uh, uh, Daniel Bryan has another joke, and he says that uh, that whole two-minute man thing, he's heard that about The Miz for a long time. Uh, Brian says that he fought for his dreams. He's never explained what those dreams were. Uh, his dream wasn't to come back and fight The Miz or to reunite Team Hell No. It was to get the WWE World title. And uh, AJ is the only thing that's standing between him and his dream. Uh, now both guys are standing up face to face. And... Uh, AJ says that he's not moving for anybody. Uh, Miz starts to try to stir the pot. Uh, AJ asks Daniel Bryan how good it feels to punch the Miz in the face. Uh, Daniel Bryan says that punching the two-minute man feels great. 
AJ not, uh, then brags about knocking the Miz's tooth out previously. Uh, Miz steps out of the ring and says that Brian stole his title match. Miz says that he knocked Brian out. Uh, Miz says that the WWE title doesn't headline. Uh, it doesn't headline the pay-per-views because AJ is boring. Wow. Um, Miz gets the winner after Crown Jewel, is what he says. He calls winner. Uh, so Miz announces Shelton Benjamin as AJ Styles' opponent uh, because he beat Daniel Bryan the week before. Um, match is already in progress after the break. Miz and uh, Daniel Bryan are both sitting in on commentary. Um, I was hoping that when Shelton Benjamin did finally come back to, um, well, they announced him when they first did the brand split, but he had an injury, so he healed up, and then when they announced that he was coming back, I was hoping that Shelton could get, like, a, a U.S. title run, or maybe a Intercontinental title run, um, but I doubt it now, though, but I, I, I think he would, he would definitely be, uh, a good mid Carter, give him a chance to, to have a run, um, and then eventually, uh, use him to put somebody over, um, let's see here, uh, nice match, um, AJ wins with a phenomenal forearm, uh, Corey Graves shoots Miz some bail after the match, saying that the national average is below two minutes, so, you know, Miz is on par with the rest of us, I guess, uh, announcers hype the World Cup, uh, and Angle, Hardy, and Cena already being in it, video package on the big show, um, Aiden English is in the ring after the break, uh, English says that he got offers to sell the Milwaukee footage, uh, but he chose not to, and he's going to show us instead. Uh, Lana says that she wants Aiden to know how, uh, in the in the footage this is, uh, Lana is saying that she wants Aiden to know how much he means to Rusev and how much they appreciate him. Uh, Aiden says that they both mean the world to him. Uh, he moves in closer to Lana, and that's when the footage stops. He calls out Rusev. Uh, Aiden tells Rusev that he will destroy the food the footage if Rusev dumps Lana and reunites Rusev Day. Okay. Um, Lana comes out. Rusev says that Aiden should play the full tape. Uh, Lana says that she'll play the video. Uh, Aiden is like, what? How? Um, Rusev says that Aiden got hacked. Lana says that the password was I heart Rusev. Um, so it's pretty much safe to say that they had a hot angle a couple of weeks ago and we were still waiting to figure out what happened in Milwaukee and now they have turned this angle into trash. Um, Lana and Rusev should not have another relationship-based angle for a very long time, if ever. Um, I don't know what the deal is, but every time they put their relationship into an angle, it is trash. This is better than the last one with Dolph Ziggler. 
the breakup wasn't believable at all, but trash, still trash, hot trash. Um, let's see here, Lana plays the video, um, and in the video, Lana shuts Aiden down when he tries to make a move, he apologizes, uh, Aiden says, uh, and then the footage ends, uh, Aiden says, you got me. He tells Lana that the offer still stands. Uh, when she's tired of Rusev days, she can try out an Aiden night. Uh, best part in the angle there, uh, or the best part of the reveal was that line. Um, let's see. Uh, Rusev comes and attacks Aiden. Uh, Aiden escapes a total beatdown. Lame. Uh, so I guess we're going to have to have some kind of match between Rusev and Aiden where Rusev squashes Aiden English. They end this feud. Um, Aiden falls all the way down the card and then Rusev uh, is a face and somehow just ends up wasting this momentum and bumbling around the mid card because that's what WWE does. Uh, <laughs> I, that's the only way I really see this playing out. Um, this angle and now beating Aiden English isn't going to advance Rusev at all. Um, so, so yeah, unless, unless they're going to put Rusev against Nakamura, uh, for the U.S. title because Nakamura doesn't really have any challengers. So they could always do that, but, uh, but yeah, somehow I just... Even with that, I don't really see it having that much juice because uh, Rusev it doesn't really have that much juice. They killed Rusev Day, and I don't know what they're going to do now. Um, even though I agree that at some point they should have be, been broken up, but maybe uh, you know have them win the tag titles or something like that, give them a little bit more momentum, make them hotter, and then have them lose suddenly the tag titles and then break it up, something, but but then again, who knows, maybe that's too predictable, but I still feel that that would be better than what this is, anyway, um, after, uh, after that, uh, commentary hype up Rey Mysterio's return, so he's gonna be on the next SmackDown, I'm very hype, uh, video package on Rey, uh, perfect return for SmackDown 1000. That's the per- best place for him to return. Um, and his return match is against Nakamura for entrance into the World Cup tournament. So uh, that's even better. So I think we can pretty much pencil in uh, Rey Mysterio also being in the World Cup tournament. So we're going to have Jeff Hardy, uh, Kurt Angle, John Cena, Randy Orton, and Rey Mysterio in in the in the World Cup tournament so far. Um I guess I just spoiled the main event of SmackDown. Uh show big show backstage heading to the ring. Uh show gets some you still got it chance. I mean, I guess. Uh the finish comes when Randy Orton puts a thumb in the big show's eye and hits the RKO. Very blah match, but um good for for uh what you consider i mean like big show hasn't had a match on tv in like a year two years maybe i don't know um he's not as athletic as he once was uh so and randy orton 
kind of wrestles a slow and methodical pace anyway. Uh, so uh, it all worked out. Um, but um, yeah, so that it was kind of a lackluster main event, kind of in SmackDown on a down note, even though there was some good stuff that happened on SmackDown. This match kind of sucks the wind out of everything at the end by it being the main event. Um, but, uh, the real main event was Charlotte versus Becky. Incredible match. If you didn't get a chance to see it, go back and watch. That was just a really good match that they put on, even with the non-finish. Um, just a really good match. Uh, really enjoyable. Um, yeah. All right. So that's that for SmackDown. Uh, next up, we're going to go into NXT. Uh, NXT, there's hype for the triple threat match, the triple threat main event. Um, Pete Dunne, Adam Cole, and Ricochet for the North American title. Show opens up. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa is out first, clutching his uh, NXT championship. Uh, Ciampa says that he's the greatest sports entertainer of all time. Uh, Ciampa says that he's brought silence to the sheep, but there's always one sheep that wants to be different. He says that Velveteen Dream is that one sheep. Uh, The Dream's music hits uh, for the interruption. He says that this is amusing to him, especially Ciampa saying that he's the best sports entertainer ever. Uh, Dream says that the NXT... uh, There we go. If you smell, <laughs> uh, Dream says that the NXT title needs a true experience, not an angry little bald man hiding behind insecurities. Okay, go off. Uh, then um, Champa says that he is an angry bald man with a shiny belt, and he understands that Dream wants the spotlight main event and the title he says that dream just wants attention champa says uh, actually champa holds up the nxt title to his ear he listens to it talk to him and then he says that the title says this is him this is the title not champa the title says maybe velveteen dream isn't tough enough burn uh so then the dream says to find out he just needs one moment with Champa and the title. And then Nikki Cross's music hits. Uh, she runs down to the ring and she flips out. Uh, crowd chants triple threat at Nikki. Uh, she examines both of the wrestlers, um, plays with the fringe on Velveteen Dream's jacket, and then she hears the title too. And she slaps Champa's mic down to the mat. Uh, she gets down on the mat, and she says into the mic that she knows. Uh, she keeps repeating it. She kicks the mic away from Ciampa when he tries to grab it. Uh, she keeps saying that she knows. The crowd starts chanting that she knows. Uh, so, Nikki Cross still going around. Uh, she knows who attacked Alistair Black, and uh, she'll never tell. R.I.P. Brittany Murphy. Um... Okay. Next up, it's Keith Lee, Mr. Limitless, uh, versus Kona Reeves, the finest. Pause. Uh, Keith Lee is out first, and I, let me just let me just give my man a shout out. His lineup and sideburns and beard combo is immaculate. Uh, 
uh, Kona Reeves comes out next. Uh, his his presentation has improved tremendously. So uh, shout out to the people backstage, uh, whoever is is managing uh, Kona Reeves gimmick. Uh, good job. Uh, you got you know coming out with the big chain, the dyed hair, uh, the shiny jacket, the glasses. Uh, it's really helping him turn into a, a, a heel. When you look at him, you're just like, man, I want to punch this guy in the face. So, uh, so good, good stuff, good stuff. Um, let's see here. Uh, Keith Lee shows off his athleticism with a leapfrog. Uh, shows up, shows off his strength with a belly to belly over the top rope. Uh, big pounce from Keith Lee, and then he hits a supernova, and uh, that ends it all. Keith Lee wins. Uh, Kona Reeves is doing great selling. Um, he, he, you know, he had he had some good selling uh, against EC3 too a few weeks back. Um, he he's doing a good job making guys look good. Pause in the ring. Um, hype uh, video package on Shayna Baszler. Uh, there's a a really good point that I wanted to uh, kind of point out here in this video package where Shayna Baszler is talking about how she lost the title. Uh, says she was already celebrating and let Kyrie reverse into a pin. Um, Shayna says that uneducated fans can't see that she had uh, Kyrie Sane already, that she that she had her, and it pisses her off that people still think she actually lost. Uh, the way that she delivers that, all of that is just super believable. Shayna Baszler is already what they are building Ronda to be what they want Ronda to be, Shayna Baszler's already that. But Ronda Rousey has the mainstream uh name value. So once she once her uh you know sports entertainer skills catch up with that with that, uh Ronda like it's it's gonna be really fun and it's gonna be really fun to see Shayna Baszler versus Ronda Rousey. Or if the once they make the women's tag division a real thing, Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler as a tag team is going to be like the Divas of Doom, but 2.0 and just better. Um, Shayna Baszler is just so good. Um, and this, this video package and the way that she's talking, her believability, that's one of the best things about her. Uh, if you're if you can't tell already, Shane, I'm a huge Shayna Baszler fan. So, um, just good stuff. And I, even though I think I've said I've said her last name like four different times <laughs> just in this episode, but like she's uh, four different ways. I mean, uh, she's she's just really good. And this high this video package highlights the best parts of her uh, personally. Um, they show an interview with Kyrie Sane from earlier today, heavy on the air quotes. Uh, Kyrie says that she's excited for the opportunity, and Shayna can train all she wants, but Kyrie will beat her again. Uh, Ricochet is shown backstage getting ready for the match. Regal backstage says that uh, he needs answers about Aleister Black still and Nikki Cross keeps saying that she knows so he's gonna have to figure out what's going on 
uh, Cassius Ono pops up and he asks Regal if he remembers their last talk. Regal says Ono was cleared from the Aleister Black situation and Ono yells that he knows. Uh, he says that Regal doesn't see him as a threat. The original KO, before Kevin Owens got there, uh, asks where Regal's a shiny new toy is and when he's showing up. That's Matt Riddle, if you don't know. Uh, the original KO says that Regal is blind. He doesn't know what he's about. He doesn't know who attacked Aleister Black. And he says that maybe Matt Riddle attacked him. Uh, Regal just kind of like nods and excuses himself back into his office. Nikki Cross is still standing there, uh, is standing there now in front of Cassius Ono. And Cross tells him that she knows what he did. <gasps> did Cassius Ono attack, attack Aleister Black? Is this all part of his heel turn? Uh, that's something that um, uh, I can't think of the guy's name on Twitter. Somebody I follow. Great. Uh, he, he's always posting uh, interesting wrestling takes. Um, anyway, uh, it, there's, a, there's a thread that he started on Twitter, a Twitter moment. Uh, you can look for it. He's basically breaking down Cassius Ono turning heel. He was, he was saying that Cassius Ono had joined the Undisputed Era uh, because he had changed his attire to black and yellow. Uh, uh-huh, you know what it is, black and yellow, black and yellow, black and yellow. Anyway, um, it's, it's just, uh, it's interesting stuff, but I think it's pretty clear Cassius Ono definitely is turning heel, and perhaps he's the one who attacked Aleister Black. We'll see. Um, let's see here. Uh, War Raiders versus Undisputed Era uh, is going down next week. Um, there's a hype package on their whole feud thus far. Uh, the triple threat match is next. Adam Cole comes out first, followed by Pete Dunne, and then Ricochet. Incredible match, as you would have guessed. Uh, there's a cool spot when uh, Pete Dunne puts Ricochet and Cole in a single leg crab at the same time. Ricochet is let go, and then he puts uh, Pete Dunn into a hold, so uh, Adam Cole comes and hits a backstabber on Ricochet. Uh, then there's like a, like a three-way punch fest for a little bit, pause. Uh, Pete Dunn injures his knee on a dive to the outside, X-Plex on Ricochet. Uh, Dunn goes to the top, there's a triple suplex spot. Um, and then the finish comes when uh, Pete Dunne hits a bitter, the bitter end on Adam Cole. Ricochet with a shooting star, spre- uh, shooting star press off the top. Uh, gets caught in a triangle by Pete Dunne. Uh, just crazy. Actually, that's not the finish. Sorry, that was just another spot. Uh, crazy. Uh, these three just put on a hell of a match. Um... Then, here's the finish. Pete Dunn hits another bitter end on Adam Cole. While going for the pin, Ricochet does a springboard 450 splash. Lands on Pete Dunn. One, two, three. Um, and that's the end of the show. Good stuff. Crazy match. Great show. NXT doing their thing, as always. 
next week double main event uh war raiders versus kyle o'reilly and roderick strong and uh bianca belair versus nikki cross so uh two matches i'm very interested in seeing uh next up jumping right into impact uh there's a recap of last week uh last week's episode there in mexico show open uh trevor lee is out first jack freaking evans uh comes out next uh big jack evans fan been a fan for a while um he's kind of one of the guys who opened uh one of the first guys i got into pause um when i first started really getting into the indie scene stuff outside of uh outside of wwe uh so you know followed jack evans and PWG followed Jack Evans in early ROH. Uh, even watched Jack Jack Evans on Wrestling Society X. LA Symphony uh, did his entrance music on Wrestling Society X. So shout out to my man uh, Cookbook holding it down. That's uh, that's that's a friend of the show and just a friend of me. <laughs> um, okay, so Jack Evans. Uh, comes out puma king comes out after jack evans and then finally uh pd williams uh fast pace action everywhere pd williams wins on a canadian destroyer after a crazy rapid fire sequence uh really fun match uh back from break uh mackenzie mitchell i think is her name i just know mackenzie uh mackenzie is interviewing my man rich swan uh, she asks how he feels about Matt Seidel and Ethan Page. Ethan Page made his, uh, well, he had already been on Impact before, but made his, I guess, re-debut um, the week before. Uh, Rich Swan dismissed both of them uh, as not really a threat and announces his partner uh, for Bound for Glory as Willie Mack. Uh, Grado comes out next. He's dancing to the ring, doing his Grado thing. <laughs> um, Maximo is out next as his opponent. Uh, pink mohawk, sparkly robe, and cape. Uh, he has a Kiss Me shirt on. Uh, Maximo actually has good speed and agility. He shows off during the match. Uh, he gets the win. After he kisses Grado and then uh, rolls him up for with a schoolboy, uh, Maximo offers a handshake after the match. Grado takes it and then he kisses Maximo, and Maximo passes out. Um, if you're not familiar with Maximo, I think he, uh, I think he likes dudes, which is totally cool, um, and. Uh, that was that was they were kind of playing that up during the during the match and i imagine that's something that he plays up in all of his matches uh but basically just a comedy match good fun good times and uh after the match uh yeah when grado kisses him maximo like passes out it was funny uh after that johnny impact is shown backstage with falaba and eddie edwards then pops up uh, Eddie Edwards talks directly into the camera to Moose. He says that uh, Moose involving his wife last week was a problem. Tonight, Moose is going to get just a taste of what him and Kenny have in store. Um, Kenny is, of course, the kendo stick 
uh, Impact says, uh, Johnny Impact says, no more sneak attacks. They're taking them to Slamtown. Uh, Falaba acts a little bit unsure about Killer Cross, and then he does the no, 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 and uh, he assures us that he's ready. Bah, bah, bah. Uh, Falaba, I just want to give him credit. Uh, when I first started doing this show and got back into watching um, Impact, uh, Falaba was one of the people who I least wanted to see on my television. Uh, but him and KM, uh, through just good character work, uh, I've bought into their gimmick. I've bought into their characters. So I understand it. I get it. Good job. And it seems that they've gotten themselves over with most of the Impact fans. So got to give credit where credit's due. Uh, let's see here. Next up, we have uh, a video recap of LAX versus the OGs. And I just want to take this time to give a little shout out to my man Conan sent a DM to Champ at Champ Podcast on Twitter. If you're not following, please follow now. And also on Instagram at Champ Podcast. Uh, Conan sends a little DM out to to us. I wanted to make sure that we were listening to the show. He said he was going to give us a shout-out, so here's his uh, in return. And I just wanted to point out that the OGs and the LAX feud has been one of my favorite angles on television for a while. Um, Sometimes they can be a little bit over the top with the whole gangster thing, but I like it. I dig it, It's and it's different. There's nothing else on TV quite like it right now um, as far as wrestling goes. Um, video package on OVE versus, uh, Brian Cage and Lucha Bros, their feud, uh, that match is guaranteed to be flame emoji, um, it's, like, currently going down right now as we're recording, so, uh, we'll have to, we'll have to review that on the next episode, but, um, as you can tell, uh, this Impact episodes is kind of, it's kind of heavy on uh, video packages, but it is the go-home show for Bound for Glory, so they do need to hype their main matches uh, and some of the people who are going to be involved in these matches, like Ethan Page and Willie Mack, uh, weren't actually at this episode, so you got to do what you got to do. Um, Eli Drake, uh, back from break, is with McKenzie, and she asked him about losing to La Parca last week. He says that he didn't lose. Uh, La Parca got DQ'd for bringing the chair. Uh, she says that Eli brought the chair in. Eli says that he makes the rules. Eli Drake announces a New York Open Challenge for Bound for Glory. You have to be from New York. Uh, interesting. Uh, at this point, I do know who his uh, opponent was at Bound for Glory. By this time, you probably do too. So I'll just go ahead and spoil it here on the podcast. Turns out that his uh opponent was James Ellsworth uh, making his debut in Impact, but with the whole New York tease, a lot of people were thinking that uh, it would be Chris Jericho who was originally born in New York, and then also, uh, New York is a reference to the WWE, 
which I think is how they were able to kind of shoehorn Ellsworth into their, uh, you know, New York, you, you worked for the, uh, also, uh, Ellsworth made a little joke about he used to date a chick from Staten Island, uh, if you know who that is, uh, Mella is money, uh, so, so, uh, anyway, that was his, that was, uh, the little clever thing with Eli Drake, um, let's see here, um, Gama Singh is in the ring, uh, and he calls Desi Hit Squad down, um, they're actually against each other, uh, Rojit Raju and, uh, was it Gersen, uh, Gersinder Singh, I believe, um, so, uh, whoever loses actually gets sent back to India, damn, um, Gersinder seems reluctant to beat Rajit, um, during the match, Rajit seems to get a, a shoulder injury, uh, Gersinder backs off a little bit and goes to consult with Gama Singh, uh, Gama urges him to finish it or go back to India, Rajit, um, ends up hitting a knee and then his finisher for the win, uh, Gama Singh, Gama Singh slaps him twice, uh, before they leave Gersinder in the ring all alone, so he's headed back to India, uh, next up, I thought this match would be the main event, but it wasn't, Johnny Impact was out first, Fala Ba was out next, followed by Eddie Edwards, uh, then Aries, Moose, and Killer Cross all come out as a team, uh, Aries ends up getting the win for his team with a brain buster on Johnny Impact, um, foreshadowing for Bound for Glory, perhaps, we'll see, um, back from break, uh, they do a video recap rundown of all the feuds going into Bound for Glory, and then we get Sinister Minister, my man James Mitchell, playing the organ, uh, Allie appears, and she asks for him to let her go to the undead, undead realm again to rescue, uh, Kira, Kira Hogan, um, he says that she made a deal to leave her soul there the last time, uh, she says she knows what she did, this isn't about her soul, she just wants to, uh, she just wants to save Kira Hogan, uh, from the undead realm, um, Sinister Minister agrees to help her get there at Bound for Glory, uh, next match is Kira, uh, so she's the masked luchador from a couple weeks ago who, um, Tessa Blanchard was disrespecting in the locker room, um, so it looks like that was Kira, uh, she's out first, and then, of course, it's Tessa Blanchard, who's out next, uh, Tessa Blanchard has a chance to be a major star for Impact, uh, if you don't know, now you know, if you haven't seen her there, you need to watch, Tessa Blanchard is holding it down, uh, she has star power, charisma, and she can definitely go uh, in between the ropes. If you and if you haven't seen her matches against Brian Cage or just any of her uh, in, intergender matches, uh, you know she has matches against um, her former boyfriend Ricochet. Uh, she's she can go. She's she's solid in the ring. 
Um, the the women trade stiff strikes. Uh, Kira is actually pretty impressive too, um, making the most of her TV time. Uh, Tessa shows off her power by turning a Hurricane Rana off the apron into a running power bomb into the post. Uh, the finish comes on a buzzsaw DDT from Tessa. One, two, three. Uh, quick match, but it was good while it lasted. Um, now, the I guess the main event segment. Uh, Conan leads LAX through the halls. Um, the summit with the OGs is next. Back from break. Uh, King calls Conan a leech. Says that LAX are marks. Uh... King calls him an old dog that needs to be shot. Uh, King says that they're showing that Conan needs to go. Uh, Conan basically runs King down in Spanish in front of everybody. Then he says that all he has to do is say the word. And everyone there, all the people in attendance, will kick the asses of the OGs all over Mexico City. Um, Conan says that King disrespected him by burning his mask in his city uh, a couple weeks ago. And he says, whenever King takes a step, Conan takes two. So King is still always behind. Um, Conan says that he put all of them on game and the bosses gave him a message. The ceasefire is over. So a wild brawl kicks off. Conan punches King and drops him. Uh, then a final hype package for the title match at Bound for Glory airs. And the show ends. Uh, pretty solid uh, go-home show for Impact. Uh, those go-home shows are always going to be a little bit different when they tape in advance. And in this case, they were in a different country. But... Um, Still a solid show. Impact has a good thing going, and I am excited to see how everything shakes out at Bound for Glory. Next up, and finally, uh, we're going to get into Raw, and then we're going to do our quick hits, and we're going to get out of here. All right, Raw. The show opens. Uh, Triple H is out first. Then the sexy boy, pause, Shawn Michaels. Uh, Triple H says, 25 years is a long time to climb a mountain. And he says, at Super Showdown, they should be on... After Super Super Showdown, they should be on top of the mountain. Uh, Trip says that the avalanche that fell on them after they climbed the mountain makes them wonder if it was all a lie. Uh, So there's a video package of the show, uh, of the match, and the... Aftermath in the match when the beatdown by the Brothers of Destruction uh, took place. Um, Triple H says that they didn't show respect. Uh, Triple H says that sticking to your word is respect. Uh, HBK says that sometimes you respect who someone used to be. A lot of talk about respect here. Uh, You respect who someone used to be. And he said that the flight from Melbourne to Chicago is a very long one. It's true. I I mean, I've never flown it, but I've flown from, like, Hawaii to Atlanta, and that's long. And Melbourne to Chicago is further than Hawaii to Atlanta, I believe. So, you know, by that logic, it's got to be a long-ass flight. 
Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, you know, he said he had a whole lot of time to think. Uh, he said when the wheels touched down and the door opened, he was going to walk away. But then Triple H said three words that he didn't think he'd ever hear again. And then Triple H takes the microphone and says, are you ready? Triple H said the question, the question isn't for Sean because he knows the answer. It's for Taker, Kane, and the Brothers of Destruction. Are you ready? That's right. Sean says that DX is ready. Um, these guys are so good at promos that it's a cheat code. I always get hype, and then I realize that, uh, you know, after the music hits and the segment's over, that I really don't want to see this match. Uh, but, you know, during the promos, I'm all for it. Uh, so Sean says, and this is with no respect, that if you aren't down with that, then we've got two words for you. Crowd yells, suck it. Um, D, uh, Sean and Triple H then rip their shirts to reveal DX shirts. Brand new ones because, of course, right? They got to show merch. Um, the DX music hits and that's the end of the opening segment. Uh, next up, Lashley. And uh, Leo Rush come out for the first match. Owens is out after them. Uh, Lashley shows off his power first. Uh, Rush gets on the microphone and starts trash-talking Kevin Owens um, and talking up Bobby Lashley. Uh, I've seen a lot of reaction online. A lot of people just didn't like this, uh, and they felt that Leo Rush was really annoying on the microphone. Um, my initial reaction after watching it this first time is that it's great. I love it, especially when he says that um, there's this one part where he says that he where Kevin Owens uh, acts like he's going to dive through the ropes. And then he just slides out and punches Lashley. Um, so Leo Rush says, like, yeah, I knew he wasn't going to dive. You guys going to cheer for that? I knew he wasn't going to dive. Uh, he's not an athlete. And then. uh not too long after that, Owen actually, Owens actually does do a flip dive uh, over the top rope on the Lashley. Just awesome stuff. Um, big pop from the crowd when KO grabs Leo Rush, uh, but then Lashley, of course, puts an end to that. Uh, some of the crowd starts chanting, fight, Owens, fight. Um, crowd gets more and more behind Kevin Owens as the match goes on. So, really good work by Leo Rush here. Uh, Rush distracts Owens as he climbs up to the top. Dominator uh, from Bobby Lashley, and Lashley wins. Rush still heal, uh, Rush is still healing it up on the mic. Uh, Lashley comes back to the ring and works over Owens' uh, injured knee. And uh, the heel turns complete. Double turn, too, if WWE is smart. Uh the last time when uh, Owens just kind of quit WWE, they had a chance to, uh, you know, have him off TV for a little bit and then have him come back as a big-time face or, like, an anti-hero type deal. Uh, and they squandered that, had him come back the very next week, aligned with Jinder Mahal as just the same old heel, um, but being allowed to do whatever he wanted on SmackDown or on Raw. So... Uh, but it, it, it appears that uh, Owens is hurt 
and he's going to be out for uh, possibly a few months with with a knee injury. So I think that this is the perfect time to have him come back as a face. I talked about this before, have him come back as a face, work the prize fighter gimmick where he's like, look, I come and I fight for my family and money. You know, I fight for money for my family, basically. I, I fight to provide for my family. Uh, that's easy to understand. Uh, kind of makes him an everyman. And then Owens has charisma. He's so good on the on the microphone that he could take that and he could run with it. And uh, I think he could be a lot of fun. Have him come back. Have Sammy Sammy Zayn come back, and they can just kind of both do that whole best friend thing where they're just fighting to to not necessarily for everyone else but just for what they believe is right and and holding it down um and this time you can just put them against uh you can put them against heels instead of faces uh and and i think it will work a lot i think it will work a lot i think it will work well um let's see here video package on john cena hyping him as one of the greatest ever uh which is just true facts if you don't believe it you're a hater um crown jewel world cup cena has already qualified so that's how he got into it i was wondering uh during the week when i had heard that he was already there and he got into it because he's john cena makes sense um corbin is having a world cup battle royal uh global battle royal to determine another raw superstar for the world cup tournament uh back from break team bnb that's balor and bailey talk to kayla braxton uh they're facing gender mahal and alicia fox tonight uh balor and bailey are on the same page while alicia and gender are they uh like to fight about who's in charge this is according to bailey Bailey uh, and Balor are like peanut butter and jelly. I don't know why I said jelly so weird. Uh, they're like peanut butter and jelly. They're like, uh, you know, two peas in a pod. They're like Batman and Robin. And according to Bailey, they're both Batman. Um, Leo Rush and Bobby Lashley interrupt. Uh, Leo Rush asks if they saw what Bobby Lashley did. Uh, he says that Lashley is the real interview Bailey is like, hold up, it's our time. Uh, Lashley says that he ran through Owens. Rush says that his words plus Lashley's power is just too sweet. Uh, Elias is in the ring and he introduces himself, then shreds on the guitar, as Elias does. Um, Elias says whenever anyone speaks about wwe they're talking about him because wwe stands for walk with elias uh elias disses the cubs not making the world series when he sings his song and then he gets interrupted by ronda rousey of all people huge pop um just a little sidebar i am frustrated that elias still hasn't had an actual feud yet like not a real feud like he's had like a few series and matches here and there um, but, like, really, has he had a real feud? Like, a real feud? No. Um, like, what the fuck? What does he have to do? Um, I hope that they're leading, I don't know, like, because they just basically just keep having people interrupt Elias, 
we must be leading to that huge interruption one day that's going to be either it's either going to be like you know Kenny Omega or or it's going to be The Rock you know that that's I don't know what else we can do with Elias but we need a real feud um please let him do his thing uh back from break Elias has completely disappeared um and then the Bella Twi- the Bella Twins come to the ring. Huge pop for them as well uh, to join Ronda. Riot Squad is out next. Uh, Bree starts off the match against Liv Morgan. Liv with a huge slap uh, to start things off. Um, Liv ducks the last of the yes kicks and takes Bree down and starts kicking her ass. Uh, they fall out of the ring. Riot Squad pulled Liv Morgan off, uh, and they get Liv to tag out. Um, they make a they make a point of like telling Liv like, "Yo, calm down. Yo, relax." Um, really good intensity from Liv Morgan. It made it seem like she was legit shooting on Brie Bella, so that's cool. Um, adding a mean streak to all the other like character quirks, like the blue tongue and like her whole being the juvenile delinquent and stuff like that like i think having that um where she's kind of like the one cracking jokes and and being silly and almost kind of cute and rambunctious but then give her a real mean streak where she really like beats girls asses uh i think that's uh, that's a good way for her to stand out a little bit more as a single star and to give her a more uh, defined role within the riot squad. Ruby is definitely the leader, um, where Liv is kind of the, the bad girl with a mean streak, and, um, Sarah Morgan, or Sarah, uh, Sarah Logan is the powerhouse. Um, so I, I, I think that's, I think that's good. I think that's, uh, I think that's really good for all three of them. Uh, then, kind of give them more time to to talk give them a little bit more chance to get on the mic and stuff like that and uh riot squad can be a lot of fun um let's see here uh the finish for the match comes when ronda locks in the arm bar uh on ruby while the bellas both hold uh keep Sarah and Liv from getting into the ring. Uh, Ruby ends up tapping out. Uh, Nikki and Bree celebrate with Rhonda, and then they attack her. Uh, Bella heel turn. Um, Rhonda fights them off for a little while, and then they really start going in with the beatdown. Um, and they both pose with a foot on Ronda Rousey in the ring. I actually love this heel turn. Um, I know there's been a lot of controversy with the Bellas lately, but I feel like this heel turn was well done. Um, it kind of fits in with um, the narrative and what's been going on online, people turning on the Bellas. Uh, so making them heels uh, makes sense here. And then having Nikki against Ronda, ever since Nikki showed up, you knew that was a that was a big money match that they that they had on the table um as far as just with both of the wrestlers having notoriety uh they're probably 
the two most mainstream female wrestlers currently under WWE's uh, umbrella who have the the most name outside of just WWE fans um and and it makes sense with Ronda kind of being the the new evolution where it's focused on athleticism and Nikki being from the Divas era where uh the athleticism and and whatnot wasn't necessarily as heavily promoted uh before so it's it's a it's a good fit as a as an old school versus new school match for evolution um i i i think it makes sense it it's a good fit um evolution ronda representing the the new school of the women's division uh nikki representing the old school you can have ronda go over and kind of solidify this new school good stuff and solidify the new school in a way where like say if ronda had beat trish like people are gonna be like damn because like they're trish fans but everybody loves to hate on the bellas so this is uh i feel like this this works uh and and nikki the only thing is that a, a lot of people are concerned about and that i can understand their concern is uh match quality like with Nikki not necessarily known as being a ring general and Ronda still being new to the point where her best matches come when she's led by someone um but I think that between Ronda Natalia and the Bellas that there's enough bells and whistles to throw around this match to to make it passable and entertaining so I'm looking forward to it. Um, let's see here. Uh, Balor and Bailey are out next. Uh, Bailey and Finn do their entrance. Well, ba- uh, Bailey does her entrance uh, for a little bit, and then Balor comes out, and then he has Bailey do his entrance with uh, with him. So they do that together. Uh, next, Alicia Fox, Jinder Mahal, and Sunil Singh all come out together as a team. Uh, there's a cool spot during the match where Balor lifts Bailey uh, for some assisted drop kicks, and then she does uh, Hurricane Rana on Jinder. Uh, the win comes for Team BNB on a coup de gras from Finn. Uh, backstage, Dolph is talking to Braun and Drew. Uh, Dolph is giving some instructions, and then Drew tells him to stop. Drew says it wasn't them who lost that Super Showdown. It was Dolph. Uh, Braun tells them all to shut up and remember why they're here. It's to watch his back while he wins the Universal title because that's what's best for all of them. Um, Braun doesn't want any excuses. Uh, We see Corbin uh, walking backstage. Heath Slater stops him. And he wants to represent West Virginia in the Global Battle Royal next. But uh, Corbin says no because he's not good enough. Back from break, we get a recap of DX reforming again. Uh, The match is official for Crown Jewel. The Global Battle Royal is right now. There's a bunch of jobbers in the ring, uh, including one dressed all in gold. Hmm, perhaps a conquistador. 
uh, Corbin says that he could have just put himself in the match, but instead he put together this match. Uh, Baron Corbin announces um, all the contestants, um, including the Belgian Waffler, the Chilean Seabass, the Conquistador, and a doctor from Antarctica. Uh, the conquistador is just chilling outside while everyone else gets tossed from the ring. Um, Corbin celebrates and says uh, to ring the bell, but then the conquistador is still around. He comes into the ring, uh, hits Corbin with three German suplexes that look kind of familiar, and then a very familiar-looking Olympic slam. Huge pop from the Chicago crowd. Uh, Corbin gets tossed, and Kurt Angle reveals himself. That was actually pretty awesome. Uh, Seemed like there was a lot of people in the crowd who figured out who it was as soon as the uh, as soon as the German suplexes started. Also, nice touch by having him be the conquistador. Uh, you remember his if you remember Edge's relationship with Edge and Christian, and then them you being the conquistadors. It was it was just cool. Um, Let's see here. Uh, after that, um, fine-ass Charlie Caruso uh, congratulates Kurt and welcomes him back. Uh, Kurt lets us know that technically he's still on vacation. Uh, after that, Ember Moon is already in the ring. Uh, Nia Jax is out next. Friendly competition match. Uh, Nia shows strength, tossing Ember Moon around the ring. Ember Moon does like four rotations. It was pretty awesome. Um, Ember Moon with a suicide dive to Nia Jax, but she just bounces off of her. Uh, Nia doesn't go down. The finish comes when Ember Moon slams Nia into the ring apron and then beats the count back into the ring. Uh, so Ember Moon wins by count out. Nia comes back into the ring. Looks like maybe she's going to smash uh, Ember Moon and then... Um, she gives her a hug instead. Uh, Ember Moon raises Nia Jax's hand up. Uh, I still don't think this is quite over. Uh, at some point, one of them is going to turn on the other. Um, that's just how I feel. It has to. has to happen. Uh, Trish Stratus out to the ring after the break. Uh, Trish Stratus hypes that Evolution is in three weeks. Um, Trish is countering last week's Moment of Bliss segment with a Moment of Stratisfaction. Uh, Alexa Bliss interrupts and she tells, uh, she has Mickey James with her. She tells Trish that, uh, now after looking up to her all these years, she can actually tell her woman to woman that she actually sucked. Uh, if Bliss would have been around back then, Trish wouldn't have been able to step in the ring with her. Okay, go off. Uh, Trish tells her to just bring it. Uh, Mickey James steps in front of Trish, and in between uh, Trish and Alexa, she says that this isn't happening tonight. Um, nothing good happens in Chicago, reference to uh, Mickey James beating Trish in Chicago at WrestleMania. Uh, she says that her and Bliss will team up at Evolution. Uh, so then Trish is like, oh, you guys are going to team up? Well, bet that I have a homie who's already here. And uh, she calls out Lita as backup. A quick fight goes down. Um, 
Bliss saves James from Alita Moonsault. Uh, this match becoming a, or these two matches becoming a tag team match, uh, makes sense. Reportedly, this was the plan all along. Uh, but WWE announced them as single matches to have the big matches to sell tickets off of uh, since they couldn't announce Nikki and Rousey until the Bellas turned on Ronda Rousey, uh, which was this Monday. So they they announced, okay, it's going to be Alexa Bliss versus Trish. And they announced that when Alexa Bliss was still world champ, too, mind you. Um, so they wanted to make sure that they they had some some matches to sell some tickets starting off uh so that makes sense um but uh but looks like they never intended to have trish or lita out there in singles matches which also also makes sense they're not full-time anymore it's been a long while since they've had to wrestle an actual match and after uh what we've seen with brie bella coming back and may and what may or uh well ring rust um, they kind of want to avoid uh, putting Trish and Lita in positions where they can look less than stellar. So give them a tag match to where they only have to carry certain segment or certain portions of the match and basically just hit their signature spots and go home. Um, so I think this is a good call, and and now you have a you have a big match, and you still have the. Uh, the May Young Classic finals. You still have the two women's title matches. Uh, well, you got Ronda and, and Nikki as a as a main event. You have Charlotte and Becky as a potential main event, and then Baszler and uh, Kyrie Sane is going to be uh, really good. And I believe there may be the the NXT UK Women's Championship on the line as well. Um, so so good stuff good stuff um let's see here uh after this we have an old school shield promo uh where they where they're holding the camera and they're somewhere backstage that we don't know um shield says that the dogs of war aren't the bad guys uh the shield are he said that uh this isn't an alliance, it's a brotherhood. Believe in the Shield. Uh, the old school Shield promo was great. Makes me wonder why they haven't done one of these sooner. Um, that was one of the things that people liked about the Shield. You can imagine that, you know, now the Shield is back. Uh, and, you know, they bring back the, they brought back the masks for Super Showdown. They brought back the entrance through the crowd. Uh, it just seems that they should have already done one of these promos. Um,. Bobby Roode and Chad Gable are out together. Uh, they're facing off against the Ascension again. Uh, shaking my head, guys. In this feud now, please. Um, the finish comes when Gable tags himself into the match. And uh, Blind tags himself into the match. Um, and hits the rolling German suplex. Bobby Roode seems to be kind of annoyed by this. Um... And looks to have a discussion with Chad Gable, but then AOP's music hits um, before Bobby Roode and uh, Chad Gable can really get into their uh, discussion. And uh, AOP then just destroys everyone and stands tall. 
Um, back from break, another recap of the Bella's turn. Uh, then there's Nikki versus Ronda hype for Evolution, hype for Trish and Lita versus Mickey and Alexa as well, um, hype for DX reforming, and uh, then the title matches at Crown Jewel, and also the number one contenders match, or well, no, yeah, it's the title matches, uh, Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles, and then the triple threat, uh, Brock, Braun, and Roman, uh, and then that's when we hear Paul Heyman's voice over the loudspeakers. Uh, he comes out as an advocate for Brock Lesnar. Uh, he's here to see legalized thuggery with the Shields versus the Dogs of War. Which, I haven't heard them say that lately, so I guess they realized how dumb it sounds. But I'm just going to still keep calling them that because... I don't want to say Strowman, Drew, and Dolph every single time. Um, Paul says that, uh, Paul Heyman says that Lesnar will become a two-sport champ, UFC and WWE. And then the Shield come out. Uh, so then we have the match next. Uh, Dogs of War follow out, follow out after the break. Uh, during the match, Strowman is yelling at Dolph and Drew. To uh, get their crap together, uh, just really, really dope action as expected. I don't. I think it's impossible for the Shield to have a bad six-man tag at this point, no matter who they're against. Um, stereo suicide dives by Dean and Seth on Drew and Dolph. Uh, Strowman attacks them both, and then Roman hits his dive over the ropes. Uh, at another point in the match, Dolph and Strowman kind of get into a little bit of an argument. Braun grabs Dolph by the throat. Uh, Drew defends Dolph, gets in uh, Strowman's face. Uh, Seth attacks, then tags in Dean. Uh, Dean hits a suicide dive, complete chaos in the ring. Roman hits a spear on the outside. Uh, then the Claymore kick on Dean by Drew brings the finish. Uh, the shield is still in the ring following the match and Dean walks out of the ring leaving Roman and Seth behind and that's how the show ends that's raw uh so that's our recap of the week in wrestling uh, television um it was an interesting week interesting shows raw was uh raw was actually pretty good um some character development uh more uh the the storyline the saga with the shield continues uh are they is dean getting ready to to leave is he turning on the guys what's going on with the dogs of war uh is there dissension in the ranks um are we gonna see a switch a rue are, are we gonna see uh are we gonna see uh drew head over to the shield and dean head over to the dogs of war what's going on uh but but just a lot of interesting stuff. Uh, so now we're going to do our quick hits, and then we're going to call it an episode. Um, first off, uh, we've been talking about the Crown Jewel show. Um, there's, uh, over the, I guess over the week, uh, lean, or the week leading into the weekend, uh, came to light that there was a journalist who died over there in Saudi Arabia. He has a history speaking out against the uh, Saudi Arabia government uh, and all that kind of stuff. Um, 
basically, uh, it's looking like they may have had uh, this journalist murdered, uh, human rights violations, all that. And then just with every all the other controversy going on with um, with Saudi Arabia as a country, um, it's you know, and people already kind of being against the greatest Royal Rumble show, uh, people already being upset that uh, the women aren't allowed to perform, and they're going and doing this show a week after doing a show celebrating um, women in wrestling. Uh, a lot of people are just feeling that it's this show is more trouble than it's worth, and it's better to go ahead and just cancel Crown Jewel. Um, at this point, uh, especially with with uh, like journalists dying, like actual death uh, and stuff like that, um, I don't know, man. Maybe you just it's it's gonna be tough to back out of the deal. It's a it's a ten year business deal and worth something around like four hundred million dollars, I believe. Um, it's it's gonna be really tough to back out of it. But at this point, if you're ever going to have, you know, uh, people trust you as as like a morally sound company, I think the best thing at this point is to maybe not maybe not back out of the whole deal if you don't want to. But, you know, postpone shows and and somehow get out of this crown jewel thing being in Saudi Arabia. I don't know uh, it. It appears uh, to WWE's credit that the Crown Jewel show has been removed uh, from their uh, from their calendar, but it looks like they're still going ahead with World Cup tournament qualifiers on Raw this week um, coming up. But we'll we'll see uh, because it could be that somehow they just moved this show to. Um, an American city or, or yeah, I don't know. Cause I feel like if they're, if they were going to do it in a different country, they would need more time. Uh, so I don't know how, how they're going to do it, but we'll just, uh, we'll just keep our eyes on WWE and, and see what happens. Um, because it looks like now the world is watching. A lot of people are, are kind of looking at WWE on this, so WWE is going to have to do something. It's going to be interesting to see how they handle this. Uh, another quick hit. Um, it looks like, uh, well, there's a lot going on. If you've seen uh, Tamatonga's Twitter, he has uh, kind of been going back and forth, uh, kind of called out Kenny Omega. Uh, it's, it's, it's hard to tell how much of this is a work and what, legitimate feelings may be. Uh, Tom Tonga was calling out Kenny Omega, uh, saying that he's using uh, Kota Ibushi, and Kota Ibushi is better than him, uh, and that Kenny is using Kota for leverage. Um, there's it's just a lot going on. Uh, all, all of the elite, the Young Bucks, uh, Cody, um, they're, they're all announcing that this is going to be their final t-shirt uh with the bullet club logo also um at new japan kings of pro wrestling um 
Switchblade, Jay White joined the Bullet Club, uh, joined the BCOGs. Uh, Robbie Eagles was announced as Ishimori's uh, tag team partner. So the Sniper of the Skies is now uh, Bullet Club on the OG side. Um, and Cody and the Bucks have had things to say also on Twitter about everybody joining. They kind of made some, uh, they kind of took some shots. Uh, Cody said something about, uh, yeah, all these new guys are joint. All these new guys joined while I was in the locker room stretching. I believe Sling Blade is our boss now. So, uh, just a lot of interesting shots being taken back and forth. Um, but some reasoning behind the scenes, Dave Meltzer, uh, is reporting and, and I mean, take that with a grain of salt, I guess. Uh, anybody who's not, um, actually in the business, you gotta, I mean, who's not backstage, but even with that, like some, sometimes reports are, are true. Sometimes, uh, people are just trying to work people. So you never, you never know what's going on until until you see it happen in front of you and even then sometimes you might not know <laughs> uh because just like we all thought that I know at one point I thought oh, okay James Storm's is, is James Storm is coming to the WWE he showed up and did a match in NXT and then that was it and then re-signed with Impact after that but uh so yeah you never know but um basically there's reports that uh New Japan is hiring a bunch of new guys uh, behind the scenes, uh, taking care of backstage stuff. Um, apparently the people who are coming in don't have, uh, background in the wrestling business. Reportedly, this has upset a lot of talent, not just the elite, just a lot of talent. Um, reportedly after, uh, All In and around the last around time of the last New Japan show, uh, it seemed the elite have already uh, put it out there that their next step, no matter what they do, their next step with their contracts, they're all going to stick together. Uh, It was believed that they were all going to stick together and stick it out in New Japan and Ring of Honor and keep doing uh, the indies and possibly even bring uh bring an all-in two for us um the rumor is now with uh with the changes that are happening behind the scenes in new japan that a lot of talent is now considering options that they may not have considered before i.e the wwe um if you've seen being the elite if you've seen uh, all the stuff that's going on on Twitter, it definitely looks like the elite are teasing leaving New Japan. Um, but we've known them to do similar things before and to kind of troll us. So uh, every time that their contracts are coming up, they kind of troll and act like they might be leaving. Uh, and we just kind of have to wait and see what's going on. Um but reports are with all these things going on behind the scenes that the the chances of them coming to the E are are definitely uh bigger than they've been prior. 
personally, I still don't know what's going on, but just with how much they're trolling, uh, or how much they're teasing going to, uh, WWE, it just makes me think that they aren't gonna go. Uh, I have a crazy theory out, uh, just kind of off the wall, um... I don't have any proof of this. This is just me spitballing here. I think that they are not going to go to... They're not going to stay in New Japan. And they're not going to go to WWE. And they're not going to go to NXT. I think that they show up in Impact. Uh, You already have um, the Young Bucks going up against LAX uh, on the Jericho Cruise. Um and and uh, Kenny Omega is going to be there Bullet Club is going to be there uh all of all all of this all this stuff going down um and in, I think that the Elite and Chris Jericho show up in Impact in 2019 uh if you've been watching Impact you've noticed that a lot of people have been using code breakers and and they've been kind of teasing Jericho showing up he's definitely showing up at some point uh, and I think he's bringing the elite with him. Um, and uh, there's also a rumor of Impact perhaps becoming a feeder system uh, into NXT. Like, you, you go to Impact before you go to NXT and stuff. Um, I could see them showing up and building Impact's profile um, for about a year and then showing up in the E after that. Um, all everybody showing up in the Royal Rumble, I could see that happening. Um, but that's 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 my wild take is that they're gonna show up and impact. Uh, we've already they're already doing some work with them, and then the thing with them working in impact is they can still hold on to their indie dates. They can still work the indies. They can still do their own thing. They can still have freedom. Uh, BTE would. Uh, still be on YouTube and remain unchanged uh, if they're working with Impact. But, um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, You know that WWE wants to get them before this Madison Square Garden show where uh, it's going to be Ring of Honor and New Japan. So, um, on... And that's WrestleMania... That's during the WrestleMania weekend time, um, and the uh, WrestleMania is gonna be in New York. So uh, WWE is definitely in scramble mode, trying to get as many big names signed away from Ring of Honor and New Japan as they can to to kind of torpedo that Madison Square Garden show. So. Uh, just expect in the next in the next coming months for for uh, rumors to start flying and and a whole lot of stuff to go down. Um, basically, uh, well, our uh, WWE is already signed. NXT is already signed. Uh, Punishment Martinez from Ring of Honor. He was the Ring of Honor Television Champion. He dropped the belt, uh, so they signed him away. Uh, I'm I'm expecting more people from Ring of Honor to be courted and to be signed. Um, WWE is definitely going to try to get some of the guys over from New Japan as well. Um, 
I could see them offering Ibushi again. Um, you know, because you get Kota, then you have a much better chance at getting Kenny. Even though, um, I think they already have a shot at Kenny. But, uh, but yeah, so that's the quick hits. Um, that's what we're talking about. And, uh, <laughs> thanks for listening. I'm back from vacation. Uh, next week, I'm going to have Ring of Honor on the show. I'm not going to, I mean, I'm not going to have them on here, but I'm going to review the Ring of Honor TV show and we're just going to talk. And, uh, I think I'm also, I'm going to jump into the, uh, my doing some fantasy booking for the WCOTW tag team division. All right. I already did the world heavyweight championship division. I did the women's, uh, title picture. So now we're going to do the tag teams. All right, guys. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, Follow at Champ Podcast on Twitter, at Champ Podcast on Instagram. It's your man qualified. Peace. We out.